1: Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 29th, 2009. I always start off the show, I've surely spread it throughout the show because will skip over it of course because it's routine, but I start off by telling newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and scroll down you'll see all the sites I have up there for future use, bookmark them, because once in a while, either the the main site, the comm site, will stick with so many folk going into at the same time. And if you take the other uh, sites I have up, up, up there and sort of spread them around, you'll find you can get straight through usually. And if the big sites get pulled, as I occasionally do, again, you've got alternate sites to get the latest downloads of the talks I give. And as I say, there's cuttingthrough.jenkness.com, very good, quick site, very fast. There's cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca. There's Alan Watt cuttingthroughtheMatrix.ca. There's Alan Watt sent in, Sentinel.eu. The last one is a European site. has all the audios too. You can grab it from that site if the big ones go down. But it has addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given, which you can download for print-up, and they're in the various languages of Europe. You can choose which which one you want. And remember, as I say, this is probably the only show out there where there's no backing by by anyone basically except you the listeners and you can keep me going by looking into the website Uh, you can see how you can buy the books and so on I have for sale the the discs and so on or you can donate to me and remember personal checks are good from the US to Canada and you can also use international postal money orders from the US if you don't want to use a bank account and it's just like a bank draft really, but it's from the post office but it's going to be the international one and some people just uh, use PayPal or send cash outside the Americas. You can also do the same. You can use Western Union. It's a bit more expensive than some of them. There's MoneyGram, and lots of stores now use it, the MoneyGram. Some post offices do also use it over here in Canada. And uh, you can use PayPal or you can use send cash again. Uh, and that cuts out to the middlemen with the little podgy fingers and the triple chins. They always rip us off every few years. So it's up to you how you want to to get in touch with me. And also, for those who just get their disc passed around to them at meetings and don't use computers because they know what computers are all about, really, and where it's all going with them, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P, as in Peter, 3 E as in Elizabeth 4N for Nora 1, P-3-E-4-N-1, and that will get to me as well. It's up to you. Plus, remember, too, if you want to order anything uh, with PayPal, send me a separate email, and I can do that, too. You know, last night, and and before that last night show, I talked about reality. Reality is something we take for granted. Uh, Reality is really how you bounce what you think is reality off those around you, and they bounce it back to you, the answers. And if you pretty well agree in most things with them of how the world is as you see it, um, then you think you're sane. And that's really just mass conditioning. Everyone's had the same indoctrination from birth into a, a fake reality, a reality where you think you're democratic, where you think that things just happen And crises happen out the blue, major crises, and governments suddenly go into action. Now, governments couldn't suddenly do anything if they tried, even with all their multitudes of bureaucracies and levels. It takes years to get the big square wheels of governments to move in any direction. And we'll talk about that when I come back from this break in a few minutes. Cutting through the matrix, trying to bring some reality back into personal lives because it's a hard process for people to really bite the bullet and realize that most of the things that they thought and believed uh, and thought they, they understood, and even some of the things you love, in fact, uh, are all given to you by those who know how to rule whole nations and the whole world, in fact, because they've studied humanity for thousands of years. We're the most studied species on the planet, not the little insects that they're, that they're hunting down in Brazil or, or in the Amazon or anywhere else. We are the most understood of all creatures. That's why they're onto all the other ones now, all the other creatures. They know everything they need to know about us. They know how we act as a mass, how we think as a mass group, and they also know the categories of individual sections you might say there are, and categories within that too subcategories and all that and they know how to motivate people into action they know that, for instance that in every generation there's always the ones with the chips on their shoulders the misfits who also also want to protest something and they give them the things to protest ones who think they to fight something and fight the bad guys and they swallow the propaganda that fits them and the leaders are sent out to them basically to, to round them up Uh, give them their their primary indoctrination get them into a cheering group and they stage demonstrations across the planet and this is always presented on the politically correct news they're always guaranteed attention where other grassroots ones get no attention at all in fact so these miniscule groups get attention to get ideas into the general public uh, to be on board for certain issues that the government wants passed these groups actually demand that the government passes these things that's how the real world works the parallel government funds through their foundations hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, actually a thousand points of light is what they call themselves now. Uh, Bush Sr. called them that too. And they appear to speak on behalf of the people. They're the new Soviet. Soviet was ruled by councils, NGOs, and they demand from the government uh, to do the very things that governments want to do anyway. But the general public sits silent. So they must get groups to demand it. So they come say, oh, the people have spoken and they pass laws. Well, the whole agenda, as you know, is um, towards a new society, a new society across the board, a whole new way of living. And this is just one phase of it. As we get taken down, food restrictions, uh, Agenda 21, get them off the rural areas, get them out of cars, uh, and then eventually ban cars altogether, except for essential vehicles only. That's in Agenda 21, and no private property. So we'll all be under the thumb to take us down over 50 or 60 years into what they call a manageable level of humanity uh, for the new society. And then, of course, they'll clone you. They'll clone you as a reward for being goody-two-shoes and politically correct. You're very good, and they need you, that is. And that will be the only way you'll be able to have a child, some kind or another, even though it's artificially created from stem cells. Your stem cells, that's what they'll tell you. And you'll be sterile otherwise, you see. You'll be sterile personally. And we are becoming sterile in the West by design. There's so much information I don't even go through that I get from very good sources about all this, and I can't even cover it. There's so much. But anyway, getting back to the main topic, how the NGOs uh, are up there demanding we all go along with and force through this Copenhagen Uh, meeting on uh, the United Nations uh, where it gives the United Nations total power over all economies, over all energy supplies uh, over everything in your life in fact really Uh, and that we implemented, once signed implemented in 2012 and that was always a year, I've I've said this for years, the UN was to be brought up to its proper place as a world government basically it's a front of course but so are these NGOs. It's the same boys that run and set up the the UN that funds them. But this article here gives you an, an idea how this works. A simple idea, because it's all over the place. This is from the New American, and it's the 27th of October 2009. It says, All across the world, collections of global warming protesters, financed by the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, gathered on October the 24th to call for forceful climate change action at the United Nations Summit in Copenhagen, Denmark, this December. Most of the gatherings were minuscule, even in big cities, but the effort did receive widespread publicity. And that's a fact, because even in little Sudbury, to, to, near me, uh, they had that on their local news as well, their local television station. So they're guaranteed the press reports, because the media... Is part of the power of government. It's an essential arm of government. and It says, according to the organisers cited by agency Free, uh, France Press, over 5,000 demonstrations were held in more than 180 countries. And that would be a gross exaggeration, mind you. But they use this all the time, even with their figures on, you know, carbon and. CO2. The protesters rallied around the motif of 350, the supposed level of carbon dioxide in parts per million that some scientists, the ones that work for the IPPC, claim as an acceptable ceiling. They, they carried signs and unfurled banners. And it's true, they're probably mass produced in the same factory. See, these aren't little, piddling little grassroots organizations. They're funded by the Rockefeller boys. They have whole teams of PR publicity experts and advertising agents who come up with all these ideas for them and get everything ready, including the clothes that they wear, their T-shirts, the banners, and they put them across the world. You see, And it says, even forming themselves into giant human numbers to illustrate their point, and that's all they are to the big boys, is a bunch of little numbers. We had no idea we would get overwhelming support, enthusiasm, and engagement from all over the world that we're seeing, explained Bill McKibben. Now, who's Bill McKibben? Bill McKibben, at the moment, right, Is a climate change activist who founded the Rockefeller funded organization 350.org. He's funded other uh, organizations for and behalf of the Rockefeller funded organization. These are the guys who are troubleshooters in a sense, and they're sent in to to stir up the the youth that are already into this already and to become their leaders and show them how it's done. Uh, He's an organizer. It says it shows just how scared of global warming much of the planet really is and how fed up at the inaction of our leaders. And that's nonsense too, we're not scared enough yet. Ironically, recent surveys indicate that the most, uh, most Americans do not believe global warming is a serious problem or even caused by human activity t- at all, and several other ironies in the saga become immediately apparent as well. The continual charge that the so-called deniers are financed by all companies should finally be put to rest considering that a significant share of the Rockefeller family fortune came and continues to come from oil. Several oil companies have financed past McGibbon efforts as well. You see, they don't even, these followers know nothing about who's, who's sponsoring them. They know nothing. They're ignorant. All they know is the beef that they've been given, so they can get, their, you know, uh, they can get all their, their chips off their shoulders in some direction or other. These groups are used all the time. It's an old, old technique. And they're funded by the big boys themselves. The the, the corporations and the oil boys supposedly fight pollution. And people don't see the irony in that. It's because the big boys, who are also philanthropists, you see, in other words, they're the parallel government through funding, through their foundations, are guiding the world into the, the plan where they will have total control over all the world's resources and there will be no competition. And that will be the public-private deal that already is, by the way, in other areas that i will have with the United Nations. So the Rockefeller boys and all the big boys in the oil industry will have these public-private deals when they can go into their national parks. They've already got that. And no human being otherwise is allowed in. And they can go for mineral rights, oil rights, everything else. That's what all the schmucks like you who get on these t-shirts and wave your little mass-produced banners that are given to you are helping along. So that's what's really happening. It's just a farce. But to the public, the you know, Joe and Jane public who sit and watch this on our television sets and then use and swallow it all, think, my God, the people, it must be true. The people are getting really concerned. Look at these demonstrations. No, they're choreographed like ballet plays. No kidding. That's how professionally they're done. It's so, it's like the same nonsense when they, 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 they train young girls at school generally from other countries, from India and all that kind of stuff, and they, they give them speeches and they memorize the speeches and they bring them to the United Nations to give a speech to kick off some meeting on climate change and all the rest of it and how bad humans are and how they've been, especially adults. It, it's, it's the disgusting, uh, there's no level they won't stoop to. No level at all, especially by using children to get what they want and believe you me this hell on earth they're bringing in is going to be the worst hell we've ever seen the control freaks will be in charge of every part of your life right down to what you think they'll know what you think they'll they'll correct your bad thinking wrong think believe you me they will they're already doing it with, with certain types of classes sensitivity training and all that kind of stuff But there's always followers, and followers are the ones who are used to get big movements, uh, to get laws passed that affect all of our lives. And they're all funded. The leaders get pension plans and everything, and the whole office staff and their computers, and, and uh, they live at the highest of standards of living. But all the silly followers with their tin cans, no. They're just the stupid followers, always will be. Show you, what's happening as we go into this whole new world order? As to be an order, remember, that Lenin described. He says, and part of the phase towards the end of the 20th century and into the 21st, he says, there will be so many government agencies that they will be stepping on each other's toes all the time. Conflicts with agencies. Because these agencies all start up as services that would be promoted. Then we become agencies. Then we become authorities over every aspect of life. And when you read about what's happening in Britain, Canada, and elsewhere as we speak, and show you how it's going back after this break. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Bringing some reality back has been, has been absent for an awful long time. And even when we think we're getting into reality, we're often waylaid by other groups and so on. Because, believe you me, those who manage the world have all sides covered. And I used to describe it like coming out of a, a tunnel and you see a field in front of you. And there's a forest to their side. Of the field. And that's where you want to get is into that forest so on the way there, you've got all these different signs. This is the way, that's the way. It's like a minefield. You see, which way to go? We've got the truth. We have the truth. Um, that's what's set up, because those at the top are no dummies. They've run the world for an awful, awful long time. And it's a history that's kept separate from the general public. You're not taught this in school, how to govern people and how to control the minds of people, how to even give them culture, how to alter it down through the ages. How do you get them to rebel when you want them to rebel and fight for another cause? And they'll they'll sound so appealing to everybody. And how do they even supply people who point out the obvious to them for revolutions? And then they fund them, of course, and then they win their battles, and you don't realize that it wasn't a system that you'd planned in the first place. It ends up completely different. It's like how the Soviets used, or the Bolsheviks used the Soviet system so the Bolsheviks was a different party than the socialists who already were in after the first revolution in Russia, and it was a planned takeover, well financed, actually, from, the, from New York and London, from the banks, and given the, the biggest backing, well organized before they hit, and suddenly all the, all the people who had fought for all these other groups to bring in socialism were out the picture, executed, in fact, and... Um, the totalitarian regime was in place. Planned all in advance, but they always need the masses to do the final push. It's never necessary the masses understand the real reasons for the overthrow. So you often end up with a worse system than the one that you had just left behind. But what you find if you study history, what they give to you for history, or at least what's available to us, are some of the techniques they used. If you look at the cultural revolution that they had in China, uh, it was a a system that that came in, not suddenly, because they were already trying to indoctrinate the youth. You always indoctrinate the youth who will grow up into the new system. You bypass the elderly pretty well. And you control the the older ones through fear uh, of physical harm, imprisonment or whatever. But the youth, you literally... Uh, mo- mollycoddle until the youth think the teachers in the schools are basically better than their parents that's the system I've had across the western world for a long time now because we're bringing in collectivism a nice word, also like socialism and uh, it's really uh, an ultra advanced Soviet type system where funded, guided and even created NGOs will become the spokespeople for all the people And they'll they'll demand from government, as they're doing, that exactly which the government wants to hear. So they'll pass the laws they've sitting and waiting, ready to get signed. And they'll say the people have spoken, the people have demanded, and that's how it works. But in the Cultural Revolution, and this Cultural Revolution of China has been copied here for a long time. And, of course, no reporter is going to use that same term here. It's so wonderful how they can bring you into the same system, but they they don't use the term... And if you don't use a term that people won't know, just the word itself makes all the difference. Rather than say you're under communism or socialism, same thing. Um, in fact, that's what Lenin said, you know, and, and Stalin said it repeatedly. He says that um, communism is only socialism in a hurry. Communism comes in through revolution. But if you don't tell them that, they'll never connect it. Never connect it. When the state runs everything, The state runs everything, but this is a super-improved type. This is really what the final outcome was supposed to be, according to Lenin. Not quite communist, not quite capitalist. It's called public-private. The corporations are the new feudal overlords, according to Professor Carol Quigley. And that's how it's working, you see. And we will all be incredible slaves. To save the planet, we will serve the planet. Who first said we'd serve the planet? The Royal Institute for International Affairs set up by the Rhodes Foundation, Lord Alfred Milner Group, who were the funders, they were the banking boys, and they formed the Royal Institute for International Affairs, dash, comes from foreign relations. Every major reporter, every media boss, of all kinds of media, and most politicians at the top, all politicians at the very top are members of it. And the public don't even know. When anything happens, if a president slip or whatever, or a prime minister slip, they're not called in front of Parliament or Congress. They're called in front of the Council in Foreign Relations to explain themselves. That's what happened to Bill Clinton, remember. And the public don't even ask why or who. Who is is this Council in Foreign Relations? Who are they? They ask nothing. And the media explains nothing. So using the, the cultural revolution of the, so, of the Soviet type and the, and, the, and the communist China type they're using it here where they t- they tried to create a distancing in the minds of the youth and the minds of adults that is separate the generations so that the youth would not be contaminated by the old ways of the adults no, the adults still thought that, that um, making a bit of, a, of, of money and eating well uh, and stuff like that old memories they had Um, weren't too bad at all were quite nice things you know having entertainment that wasn't always political was kind of nice well see that was corrupting the youth sort of to separate them and here it's happening across the western world has been for years but I don't say communist or cultural revolution do they and you'll never connect it unless people like me say this is what it is back with more after this break
0: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix. Just explaining how every... Big major move forward into this big regime, this world regime, planned a long time ago, even all the stages of it and how it would be implemented, and all the machinery is set up long ago to, uh, to bring on stages you haven't seen yet. You always find that they create machinery, they employ the people, they have organizations and working in buildings, working on these projects, uh, and once they pass laws, you find out they've already been doing it for a long, long time. That's always been the way, in every direction. But that is separate the children from the parents. And I've done this for an awful long time, an awful long time, using the same system and techniques that they used during the Cultural Revolution for China, where eventually the youth who grew up in teenagers dragged their parents through the streets by the scruff of the neck and killed a lot of them because they were contaminated with old ideas of individuality and things like that when there's supposed to be a good collective all working together for the greater good it's always for the greater good isn't it it's funny how the big bankers always set up fat and happy for the greater good regardless of all the bad they cause every so many years when they plunder you but propaganda works over memory and logic and that's the beauty of Bernays' public relations or propaganda techniques Here's an example, though, of, of how they're doing it, too. One of many examples, I've given lots in the past, how they separate the generations. And it wasn't invented, uh, this whole idea, in China or Russia. Uh, you find the writings in even the Fabian Society going back into the late 1800s, uh, funded by the biggest millionaires on the planet. Uh, this is from Uk. Henry Porter's blog. It says, Paranoia in the Playground... Now, they talk about a British mayor of a city. Listen to Mayor Dorothy Thornhill. Now, remember, mayors belong to the, to the, the National Mayors Association. It's like the Police Chiefs Association. Same in, in, in the U.S. and Canada. They have their international organizations now. So it's a movement, you see. It isn't just a job for your local area. They belong to international movements. Her council has just banned parents from watching their own children at two council play areas in Watford, Quoted in the Watford Observer, this evidently simple-minded woman says, sadly, in today's climate, you can't have adults walking around unchecked in a children's playground. Instead of parents being able to watch and play with their own and other people's children at the Heartwoods and Hair Breaks recreation grounds, vetted council staff, known as play rangers, will be in charge. Now, I don't actually realise that anyone who's got anything to do with a child now, instead of Go global, started in Britain, uh, Anybody who's got anything to do with with looking after children at all have to go through tough, uh, top, uh, MI5-type security checkouts. But, see, they want to move it into the parents themselves. Everyone has to be analyzed under the microscope, every single person. Because, see, you might contaminate that child with some strange comment you make about history or something you've experienced in life, they're not supposed to pass on to the youth with the, version, the new version they're getting now, you see. It says, the mayor says that this enforces government policy. Actually, that's not true because no government policy has yet determined that parents may not supervise their own children, that's what he thinks. In a playground, it seems possible that the mayor and her appalling council may be in breach of Article 8 of the Human Rights Act, well, that's out the window now, the right to family life. Oh, that's out the window, because, I see, this other one's already been passed. And people, it's so broad, you see. Uh, Anyone who looks after a child, and people think, think, well, that's babysitters and stuff, you know, that you hire. No, it's also the adults. So it says, a mother of three mother of named Rebecca Mackinson was quoted by reporter Neil Skinner as saying, banning parents from an open access playground, I feel, is a breach of her personal freedom. Well, I tell you, if you haven't noticed, you have no personal freedom. You haven't had it for a long time. Look at all the laws that have been passed, especially since 2001 says he she is right. This is a fundamental breach of rights, but almost as serious as the offence to common sense, the council pretends that it is forced into this position to protect children under the new vetting and barring scheme. That's what's called the vetting and barring scheme. But as parents point out, the number of children used or using the play areas and the range of ages means that some parents want to keep an eye on their own children. He says, says, We have used Harwood since I was a child. The mother stayed with me. It's always had a fantastic community atmosphere. You see, they want to destroy the old ways and bring in the new community. It's called communitarianism. George Bush, Sr. was the first to openly use that term after the United Nations promoted it. Communitarianism. One day, actually, they have all these, all these little local events, and you don't turn up at the fair or the... Or, or the green day or whatever it happens to be uh, they'll come to your house and ask why you didn't attend I'm not kidding this is all coming up you have to be part of the community whether you like it or not and they'll say are you antisocial? is that what it is and that creates social approval and social disapproval if you don't turn up you'll be disapproved of by all, all the fools that do turn up all the PC people these are all psychological techniques are well in place so, and this is what they're doing for parents, one of the many things to do for parents. And now everyone has to get vetted by the government. Everybody's got to get vetted by the government, you see. Interesting enough, in examiner.com, uh, a, a routine, obviously, a routine bill was signed. I say routine because nothing is really debated, everything is PC, everything is pre-planned. And when the other countries have done the same things, you know darn well, it's a must-be. I call it must-be, you see. And the hate crimes bill was passed by Obama. He signed it. it. says, Today, President Barack Obama is expected to sign the Matthew Shepard hate crimes bill into law. That was on October 28th, yesterday. Um, it says here, During a ceremony, a signing ceremony, they have ceremonies to sign things now. Shepard's murder became a cause celebrity when his killers were accused of attacking and killing Shepard for being a homosexual. Now, they're always take something like that to push something through that is much, much broader in scope and, and eventually is applied to everything that's politically incorrect, including, by the way, if you criticize government, because in the Soviet Union, that's what happened. You know, that was the first law that Lenin signed, was the Hate a hate law, to stop people asking why only certain peoples seem to be in charge of all groups. And then eventually, if you criticised any policy of communism at all, that was called um, um, anti-government. Anti-government. And where do you hear anti-government today? Every other day in the papers. New laws, uh, watching and and monitoring people who are anti-government. And uh, logically, it would mean that any opposition party in power who's not in power in the top part, opposition parties, right, are technically anti, anti-government, because that's all they do is criticise the other side, isn't it? So if you're caught in that, use that as an excuse. Because that's going to be a big one, anti-government. Any policy you criticise, well, that's anti-government. See, no, I'm only criticising the one policy here. Well, it doesn't matter, that's anti-government. And remember what they said from the secretive committee that runs the EU parliament, that we we're all copying, by the way. It's not democratic at all. Uh, they it said, it said that anyone who criticizes the EU is a heretic. That's a religious term, isn't it? You know what they do, heretics. It says, however, those who support this new federal law ignore the overwhelming evidence that Shepard's killers were unaware of his sexual orientation when they attacked him. Well, it doesn't matter. He's just, they always use a poster, boy. You see, they've got to make the propaganda uh, to make the public think this is what it's all about. It's nothing to do with homosexuality. Nothing at all. You wait and see that. It's expanded across the board. There's actually cases in Canada. You have had it here for a while here in Canada. And they boy, did they come down on you. Where... There was, there was even guys who mugged somebody to, to rob them. And the, and the judge says, What were you thinking? What, were you, what was going through your thoughts when you robbed this particular person? To see if there's any hate involved, not just the robbery. No kidding. This is how stupid it gets and silly it gets. What were you thinking? Thought crime, you know. But th- there, this is the new world order that went and talked about, where they're all stepping on each other's toes, all these agencies. There's so many agencies you can't I don't think my hard drive could keep count of all the agencies that are watching us all and, and, and are out there for government. There's so many. Never mind the United Nations once. You know may have thousands of agencies they have. We're going through all the, the nonsense too, to as they bring down the immune system of the public. And believe you me, I really did not want to come to the conclusion years ago that they were killing us off with vaccines until really I went to the medicine of all and realized I couldn't deny it. Looking at the pre 1950s levels of certain diseases and the post 1950 levels of diseases and sterility. And then into the 70s, when when you look at the incredible skyrocketing escalation of something that was incredibly rare, such as autism. And like any detective story, you say, well, what's changed? Is it just, just the food diet? Is it, what is it? And, well, they certainly used a lot of more processed food, but it was inoculations. We're getting pumped into them. And you tie it together with depopulations and, and the need to reduce the population. Spoken about at, at the... The League of Nations, which was founded right after World War I, that became the United Nations. So it's one of the prime mandates, Department of Population Control. Must reduce the populations by all means possible. Obviously, they couldn't tell the public how they were doing it, because they wouldn't get any volunteers, I'd imagine. But they certainly have been doing it. And everyone would love to think, oh, it's just a big greedy pharma. No, pharma, the pharma industries belong to the same international bankers who lend the money to every country. There's only about 12 to 13 banking families that do this. They also have the major controlling interest and started up all the big pharma companies. They own that too. And there's always a political motive for it. Just like Rockefeller, one of the biggest oil men on the planet, funding something that you would think it would go against his own industry. No, he's already, he, he plans the future. He plans the future, and what kind of society it will be. This article here is from the Philadelphia Bulletin Archives, and it's from October 25th, 2009. I've read it before from a different newspaper source, but to reinforce it again, and we do need reinforcement. That's a technique they use on us. Repetition, sometimes we need repetition to get the truth out, too. So it says Gardasil researcher drops a bombshell and it's by Susan Brinkman from from the bulletin Dr. Diane Harper lead researcher in the development of two human papillomavirus vaccines Gardasil and Cervarix said the controversial drugs will do little to reduce cervical cancer rates and even though they're being recommended for girls as young as nine there have been no efficacy trials in children under the age of 15, and governments are mandating them down to the age of 12. No trials in children under the age of 15. Dr. Harper, Director of the Gynecological Cancer Prevention Research Group at the University of Missouri, made these remarks during an address at the 14th International Public Conference on Vaccination, which took place in Reston, Virginia, October 2nd to the 4th. Although our talk was intended to promote the vaccine, participants said they came away convinced the vaccine should not be received. I came away with a talk with a, a talk, from a talk with the perception that the risk of adverse side effects is so much greater than the risk of cerebral cancer, I couldn't help but question why we need the vaccine at all, said Joan Robinson, assistant editor at the Population Research Institute, very important uh, institute, by the way. Dr. Hamper began her remarks by explaining that 70% of all HPV infections resolve themselves without treatment within a year. 70% of all Q and infections resolve themselves without treatment within a year. Within two years, the number climbs to 90% remaining 10% of HPV infections, only half will develop into cervical cancer, which leaves little need for the vaccine. She would only surprise the audience by stating that the incidence of cervical cancer in the U.S. is already so low that even if we get the vaccine and continue PAPS screening, we will not lower the rate of cervical cancer in the U.S. There will be no decrease in cervical cancer until at least 70% of the population is vaccinated, and even then the decrease will be minimal. Apparently, conventional treatment and preventive measures are already cutting the cervical cancer rate by 4% a year. At this rate, in 60 years, there will be a 91.4% decline just with the current treatment. Even if 70% of women get the shot and required boosters over the same time period, which is highly unlikely, Harper says Gardasil could still not claim to do as much as traditional care is already doing. Well, you better ask what it is really for. What is it really, really for? We know that girls are already dropping dead with it. And the same Dr. Harper, I think it was Harper who also worked on on, on the experimentation with these drugs, admitted in a previous article, which I read, uh, that it will do no good at all, and that the the danger of taking it is worse than what that which it would prevent. But anyway, it won't stop them because propaganda for most people, propaganda, Bernays was right, will overcome reason logic, and people will not seek knowledge. They're content with propaganda. That's why the world is so easily controlled by the big boys, who can beat you and starve you. And what do you do, as one of the big boys said themselves? Did we turn around and fight? Nope. They turn around and they eat their dead. And when you do fight it's just because you're skin starved or you're kicked out your homes en masse and there's nothing left to hold on to and then you're just a rabble that's what they say at the top then you're just a rabble unorganized rabble you know do they understand us now this whole green tax nonsense now and I mentioned an article last night where the US is already in agreement with the, the, the EU to sign a tax bill so that US citizens Canadian citizens uh and European citizens, this massive new Soviet—that's what this new Europe is—will uh, all share the same tax base to save energy and uh, be more efficient, and, and finding green solutions to the planet and all that stuff. You know. And this is from the Telegraph. This is what's coming, and this is what's already coming in Britain. Green tax proposals would increase household energy bills by £800 pounds a year over $1,600. $1, Prosgreen tax to cut carbon emissions will lead to an £800 increase in the average annual household energy bill. And that's per year, by the way. And this is 27th October 2009. Plans put forward by the Green Fiscal Commission, a government-supported think tank, they were run by all these independent private think tanks, which, by the way, are also uh, owned and run by the foundations, would see the tax on gas and electricity rise. Every year, every year up to 2020. Yep, you better keep your old clothes, folks, and lots of patches because you'll be needing them because that's all you'll be wearing. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix just showing you what's lined up, and it's not just lined up, As whenever they announce something, they've already set up the institutions, the bureaucracies, they're already working, they have everything in place, and it's a formality when they actually sign something, uh, we're already into it. It's like they've been spraying you for years and years uh, for using harp and weather modification of all kinds, and then they tell you 10, 11 years later, oh, we're thinking of geoengineering the planet by spraying the atmosphere. <laughs> How they do with everything, because governments, believe you me, don't work quickly on anything. They can't with the square wheels they have. It takes years and preparations to set up any part of any part of an agenda. And I'm talking here about the taxations and how this greening is going to cost everybody uh, masses amounts of, of money uh, that's going to be the same and, and go up and up every year for the next 20, 30 years. Because you see. They're signing this bill at Copenhagen shortly, and Britain and the U.S. and all these countries have said they'll cut back by about 80-odd percent all, all emissions. Do you understand, you are an emitter. That means 80% of you have got to be off the planet. That's what it really means. And Maurice Strong, the big man at the U.N. that's pooled uh, across the world, the biggest technocrat that you know of, he's got incredible powers, uh, and he has never been elected to any office by the public the man who set up the the 92 meeting for the Earth summit that bound us all under these amazing charters and the agenda. Maurice Strong, when he pulled him into Canada, he was pulled off of the UN, the World Bank, and brought into Canada to privatize the electrical systems that the public had paid to have built and operated. And that was back in the 80s. And he said then, that uh, the world we're bringing in here will be one. We're not going to fix any nuclear reactors. We're not going to build any new ones. We're not going to maintain the old ones. You have to get used to using less and less and less energy. Only essential businesses and so on will have um, power supplies eventually given to them. Peasantry is what he's talking about, bringing the rest of the public to. Back to this article. So we're just going through an agenda. We're going through a script here. That's all we're going through. It says that this tax forms part of a £150 billion package of proposed measures. It's amazing how they're spend, spend, spending, and we're all supposedly broke. Including a tripling of fuel duty over the next decade and a tax of up to £3,300 on new cars. That's over $6,000. This is to dissuade you from buying new cars, because under Agenda 21 for the 21st century United Nations, you will have no private cars, just essential vehicles only. See ties right in. And, and the rest of it is just the, the, the PR against it and so on. And how poor will all be and yada yadda yadda, as we're supposed to already figure out for ourselves. Uh, I might just squeeze a collar in so Dan from California there. Are you there, Dan?
0: Uh, yes, Alan, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I just ha- I wanted to thank you for your, uh, uh, for your broadcast. I've downloaded everything uh, that you have on the iTunes as podcasts. And I carry those around with me on my iPod to listen to uh, to you on the public transportation to and from work. And yeah. so I wanted to thank you from that uh, for that. And I wanted, I had a quick comment and a question or two if we have time. Um, I wanted to say uh, first that today I was walking outside every day uh, from work. I'd go and take a about a two mile walk to clear my head, and I listen to your broadcast while I'm doing that and um, kind of as a break. And uh, I, uh, I saw some people protesting the new tax increase here yeah. in California. Yeah. And um, there was a huge crowd of people going down the street, and they were being escorted by the San Diego Police Department. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I kind of... It, it, it seemed kind of nice that the police
1: were allowing that and helping yes. them. Yes, you're right. Certain things are allowed. Other things are, are hammered by the cops. So it's politically correct, correct to do the, the, this kind of stuff, you see. But um, uh, that's the way it's set up. Same in the newspapers. They give all the right ones uh, all the, the exposure they want in the media. And yet there's protests against all of The tax increases all the time. They don't even get mentioned. But, but that's the end of the show. That's the music. So I'm myself from Ontario, Canada. It's night. I mean, your, God, your gods go with you.